Welcome to Coffee and Confessions. I'm Matt Robertson, and I'm sharing people's coffee confessions. Calvinist Colson submitted a picture of organic Mexico whole bean coffee from the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. Thanks, Calvinist Colson, for submitting your coffee confession. Today, we'll be continuing the Westminster Confession of Faith. Let's get right into it. Chapter 20 of Christian Liberty and Liberty of Conscience. Paragraph 1. The liberty which Christ hath purchased for believers under the gospel consists in their freedom from the guilt of sin, the condemning wrath of God, the curse of the moral law, and in their being delivered from this present evil world, bondage to Satan and dominion of sin, from the evil of afflictions, the sting of death, the victory of the grave, and everlasting damnation, as also in their free access to God, and their yielding obedience unto Him, not out of slavish fear, but a childlike love and willing mind, all which were common also to believers under the law. But under the New Testament, the liberty of Christians is farther enlarged in their freedom from the yoke of the ceremonial law to which the Jewish church was subjected, and in greater boldness of access to the throne of grace and in fuller communications of the free Spirit of God than believers under the law did ordinarily partake of. Paragraph 2. God alone is Lord of the conscience, and hath left it free from the doctrines and commandments of men, which are in anything contrary to his word, or beside it in matters of faith or worship, so that to believe such doctrines, or to obey such commandments out of conscience, is to betray true liberty of conscience, and the requiring of an implicit faith and an absolute and blind obedience is to destroy liberty of conscience and reason also. Paragraph 3. They who, upon pretense of Christian liberty, do practice any sin or cherish any lust, do thereby destroy the end of Christian liberty, which is, that, being delivered out of the hands of our enemies, we might serve the Lord without fear, in holiness and righteousness before Him, all the days of our life. Paragraph 4. And because the powers which God hath ordained, and the liberty which Christ hath purchased, are not intended by God to destroy, but mutually to uphold and preserve one another, they who, upon pretense of Christian liberty, shall oppose any lawful power, or the lawful exercise of it, whether it be civil or ecclesiastical, resist the ordinance of God, and for the publishing of such opinions, or maintaining of such practices, as are contrary to the light of nature or to the known principles of Christianity, whether concerning faith, worship, or conversation, or to the power of godliness, or such erroneous opinions or practices, as either in their own nature, or in the manner of publishing or maintaining them, are destructive to the external peace and order which Christ hath established in the church. They may lawfully be called to account, and proceeded against by the censures of the church, and by the power of the civil magistrate. Chapter 21. Of Religious Worship and the Sabbath Day. Paragraph 1. The light of nature showeth that there is a God, who hath lordship and sovereignty over all, is good, and doeth good unto all, and is therefore to be feared, loved, praised, called upon, trusted in, and served, with all the heart, and with all the soul, and with all the might. But the acceptable way of worshipping the true God is instituted by himself and so limited by his own revealed will, 
that he may not be worshipped according to the imaginations and devices of men, or the suggestions of Satan, under any visible representation, or any other way not prescribed in the Holy Scripture. Paragraph 2. Religious worship is to be given to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and to Him alone, not to angels, saints, or any other creature, and, since the fall, not without a mediator, nor in the mediation of any other but of Christ alone. Paragraph 3. Prayer, with thanksgiving, being one special part of religious worship, is by God required of all men, and, that it may be accepted, it is to be made in the name of the Son, by the help of His Spirit, according to His will, with understanding, reverence, humility, fervency, faith, love, and perseverance, and, if vocal, in a known tongue. Paragraph 4. Prayer is to be made for things lawful, and for all sorts of men living, or that shall live hereafter, but not for the dead, nor for those of whom it may be known that they have sinned the sin unto death. Paragraph 5. The reading of the scriptures with godly fear, the sound preaching, and conscionable hearing of the word, in obedience unto God, with understanding, faith, and reverence, singing of psalms with grace in the heart, as also the due administration and worthy receiving of the sacraments instituted by Christ, are all parts of the ordinary religious worship of God, besides religious oaths and vows, solemn fastings and thanksgivings upon special occasions, which are, in their several times and seasons, to be used in a holy and religious manner. Paragraph 6. Neither prayer nor any other part of religious worship is, now under the gospel, either tied unto, or made more acceptable by, any place in which it is performed, or towards which it is directed. But God is to be worshipped everywhere, in spirit and in truth, as in private families daily, and in secret each one by himself, so more solemnly in the public assemblies, which are not carelessly or willfully to be neglected or forsaken, when God, by his word or providence, calleth thereunto. Paragraph 7. As it is the law of nature, that, in general, a due proportion of time be set apart for the worship of God, so, in his word, by a positive, moral, and perpetual commandment, binding all men in all ages, he hath particularly appointed one day in seven for a Sabbath, to be kept holy unto him, which, from the beginning of the world to the resurrection of Christ, was the last day of the week, and, from the resurrection of Christ, was changed into the first day of the week, which in Scripture is called the Lord's Day, and is to be continued to the end of the world as the Christian Sabbath. Paragraph 8. This Sabbath is then kept holy unto the Lord, when men, after a due preparing of their hearts and ordering of their common affairs beforehand, do not only observe a holy rest all the day from their own works, words, and thoughts about their worldly employments and recreations, but also are taken up the whole time in the public and private exercises of his worship and in the duties of necessity and mercy. Thank you for listening to Coffee and Confessions. I hope this reading of the Westminster Confession of Faith was edifying for you. If it was, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. I always welcome questions, comments, and criticisms, and you can reach me on Twitter at Audio Confession. Have a great day, brothers and sisters, and join me next time as we go through the great confessions of the faith.